Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another off-season pod. We are talking about team number nine, the team that just missed out on the NRL finals this year. It is my Parramatta Eels. So obviously here, Parramatta being not in the final series, bit of a shock. I think as we go through this team, as much as I love it, I think there's a definite chance they're gonna, they can make it. It wouldn't surprise me if they get to top four, but there's always one team every year that kind of does fade away a little bit from last year. And I think last year, that crushing grand final loss, some of the key players that were lost and some of the depth issues this year that we may have, I think will shoot, that will show very, very soon. So let's go through the team lineup first. Let's get familiar with who will be in this starting team and we can go from there. So... That fullback got Clint Gutherson on the wings, Bailey Simonson and Mike Acevo. In the centres, Will Penasini and Wonga Blake. In the halves, Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses. In the front row, Regan Campbell Gillard with Junior Polo, Josh Hodson at Hooker. Back row of Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, and Jamin Hookgood. And on the bench, Jake Arthur, Magahizi Makatoa, Matt Dury, and Bryce Cartwright. So instantly you can see. The depth that was there last year, that formidable four-pack that was always there, you've got some guys moving on now. So no Oregon Kafusi, no Nathan Brown, no Murata Niakore. But the big one is obviously Isaiah Papali'i. With Papali'i, uh, just a really, really, probably one of the biggest losses this year. He was the guy where Parramatta needed meters. If he needed an attacking stat, um, anyone who had him in Supercoach last year knows how well he performed in the tries that he did score. Um, and he did a lot of the a lot of the grubby stuff as well that doesn't really show up in the box score. So he is definitely one out of the four or five guys that we did lose. He is obviously the huge one. But we do have some bright spots in this team, and I do think it does start with Dylan Brown, the number six, obviously re-signed with Parramatta, and I think he will be in for a big season. Um, last year, the question marks before the season was, can he get to that point where he can be a lead playmaker and be dynamic enough to carry a team if a guy like Mitch Moses or Clint Gutson doesn't have it, and he proved that in spades. Dramatically increased all of his attacking stats, tries, his tries. He has one of the best shocking games at the line now. You know, his running game is lethal. That try against Manly will always forever be each to my memory. He's just one of those players that is in the form that he's in, re-signed. He's got a huge contract in his favor. Could be there for full life at Paramount if he wants to. So he can be the prodigal son and get it done. Alternatively, we're waiting on the signature of Mitchell Moses. With Mitch Moses, he is a guy that is going to be the topic of conversation at Parramatta until he signs that new contract. Obviously, you've got guys like the Dolphins, the Tigers, the Bulldogs, all vying for his signature. But I think Mitch has proven since he got to Parramatta, he's improved leaps and bounds. Parramatta put a side around him that really does get all the best things out of his game. So I think it would be very silly for him to walk away. Obviously, the money is... Once he gets to a certain point of money, it's very, very hard to say no, but from a footy sense at least, um, and obviously we'll talk a bit of Supercoach soon, I think Mitch Moses is in for a big year. And before we get into the guns and the avoids, I think we need to look at this four-pack again. Obviously the front row of Regan, Campbell, Gillard, and Junior Paulo are going to be immense this year. Uh, they are the two leaders of this pack, uh, but it's the rest of the pack that is going to be what we need to talk about here is obviously Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, two guys that will be on the edge. Madison was playing a lot through the middle. He should be in that full-time role. Jamin Hookgood has a lot of good things about him that's coming through. I think he's going to be a really, really impact player. Uh, you saw what he did 
through the juniors for the Panthers. When he was sniffing first grade, I think he's going to be in for a real, real shot. But that takes us to the last guy before we get into the guns and the avoids. It's Josh Hodson. With Hodson, he's going to bring an element. I think that they haven't had a direct number nine. Reed Money was a bit of an all-round number nine. Uh, could do a little bit of everything, I think. I think that Josh Hodson will bring to this team, if he can stay on the park, is directness, deceptiveness out of dummy half. Something that, again, Parramatta haven't really had in a while. So we're very interested to see how he can integrate into this team. If Jake Arthur gets a lion's share of nine minutes off the bench, or whether a Mitch Rain, who came to the club last season, gets a bit of a run there. But let's get into the guns, because again, this is still a team, even though I've got them finishing ninth, in the previews, I had them as high as ninth, sorry, as low as ninth, as high as third. So a lot of variance in this side. But the number one gun we will go for this year, I think it will be Dylan Brown once again. With Dylan Brown, he's just a type of player who, again, the super coach game, Really, really suits him. He's a running playmaker now. You know, not many kicking assists, but again, those 12-pointers can be very, very valuable. In a four, in a 5-8 uh, field this year that is very deep, I think he's the unquestioned number two behind Kara Munster. And I think if you do pick him, you know, if you start with him in Classic or you pick him in the first two, one, two rounds in draft, I think you'll be very happy with what Dylan provides you all season. The next gun will be the King, Clint Gutherson. We haven't spoken about him yet in this video so far, but uh, so much of what Paramount does does rely on Clint Gutherson. The way he can bring meters out, of his, uh, bring the ball out, the way he can seamlessly blend into the attack. He's added in that cutout ball, which is so deadly. And has always been one of the best play, um, playmakers and supportive fullbacks in the game. So, look, you know, there is a clear, I think, distinct top group of fullbacks this year in Supercoach, but he is right up there in terms of the next guys that you would want. So Clint Gutherson, you know, he could be the fourth fullback in your comp gone or could be the eighth. It's really, you know, you're talking about very fine night um, positional groups there. So Clint Gutherson is definitely going to be a guy that you want. <clears throat> and then the third gun, Ryan Madison. With Ryan Madison, if he's now going to go to the edge, get close to that 80 minutes on the edge and can really be a four, similar to what Sean Lane did last year. The sky is the ceiling for him. I think Sean Lane will have to regress. There was so much attacking stats in his game last year. Ryan Madison built up his in base, and now if you have the ability to now get some attacking stats in there as well, you're looking at one of the best second row options. He will be somewhere between the fifth and the tenth uh, two I've picked in a draft. You know, I think in a classic, he will be a very nice pot option to start with. And I think he'll be over 10% in that starting. I think Sean Lane will still get a lot of buzz. Isaiah Papali'i will obviously get a lot of buzz. So in terms of the back row that was there last year, Ryan is probably going to be third out of them. But I think he'd definitely be the one that could take you there. Avoids. So this is a slight avoid. I've got Mitch Moses as the first avoid only because... Uh, I think he'll be very highly dropped. I think first-round grades will be on Mitch Moses this year. Again, there is a scenario where Pramada cannot make the finals. You know, it was a dream run last year. There was moments of inconsistency. You think back to the Tigers match, the Bulldogs match, and, you know, that try that Burton stopped when Moses jogged to the line and tried to put it down and got the ball knocked out. It could be a season of that. So I do caution anyone. In a draft league, he's there. You know, late second round, third, fourth, obviously you take it and you run with it. I'll be doing the same. But a first round gra grade on Mitch Moses is a risky option. Um, but in classic, again, he's very highly owned, highly priced. Um, one I'll definitely stay away from. 
Avoid number two would be Bailey Simonson. I think guys that will be looking to get an uh, easy in into this Parramatta backline and not spend too much cash or draft capital. I think Bailey Simonson does have a lot of competition in this team. You obviously got Hayes Dunster who will be coming off an injury. Sean Russell, who was coming off an injury. They just signed Isaac Lumi Lumi. So that's already three genuine good options on the wing if they need to do it. So it could be that, you know, if one of the centers get injured, Simonson moves into the centers and one of those guys moves onto the wing. So I think I'll just caution anyone thinking that, you know, similar to how some of the good teams you look for, who's the fourth best center wing in Arusa's Panthers, Sharks? How can I get in there at a cheap price? I think Bailey Simonson might be one of those guys that you just want to kind of steer clear on a little bit. And then the last one, again, it's not really uh, one that I believe in, but just from a super coach perspective, I think Josh Hodgson is going to be someone that in a, in the NRL sense will be really powerful for what they can do if he can stay on the park. But from a super coach perspective, I expect nowhere near 80 minutes. Uh, like I said, Jacob Arthur, I think will get a good 25, 30 minutes a game at that hooking role, if not Mitch Rain. So I think Hodgson is definitely going to have the good attack. He's going to be one of those guys that will be on the waivers and, potentially can come in and do a couple of things, but not someone that I would definitely want to start with. It's a very nice pricing classic. I will mention that. Um, but again, you just kind of want to see those first five to six weeks. I don't think it'll make too much cash where you can jump on it if required. So that would definitely be more on there. But that's really it, guys. I think with Parramatta this year, the last couple of years has always been, you know, when you were doing the previews, it was the easiest one to 17. You know, that one to 13 would never change. Uh, and then the bench was always pretty consistent. This year, there's some real question marks. You know, you've got some nice wingers sitting in the reserves that could take Bailey Thompson or Walker, Walker Blake's place if there is any injuries or form. The forward pack, I think, on the bench is definitely going to be rotated between Makatoa, Dory, Cartwright, Jack Murchie's come over, Jeremiah Macias come down. You still got Greg and Rodwell. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see how those established guys in the forward pack can hang on to the ball. And hang on to the mark. But again, I just think this Parramatta team this season is really going to be, it's going to be an interesting battle because again, if they can keep it all together, there's definitely a chance for a top four and they can push for their grand final reappearance again, if all things break right. But it could be also a challenging season as well for Brad Arthur. And as we know, there was always reports about Brad Arthur's security. So definitely one to watch throughout the season. But we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another off-season team review pod very shortly. So thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.